Hey everyone, Marcel here, one half of Real Chumps. As a reminder, we are on break for the rest of the year, but we will be back with new episodes in the new year. So in the meantime, we are releasing some of our older episodes. This week, we take a look back at our discussion on 310 to Yuma. This was my first time watching it. Danny had recommended it. I'm not a big uh, fan of Westerns, but I absolutely love this movie, which is not surprising because I love anything that James Mangold directs. And in this case, this is just a phenomenal movie. So enjoy our discussion as we take a look into 310 to Yuma. And remember, we will be back in the new year with new episodes and a bunch of new content. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you then. Welcome everybody to another episode of Real Chumps. I am your host, Marcel, and with me as always is my co-host, Danny. In this week's episode, we are going to discuss the gritty 2007 James Mangold Western, 310 to Yuma, starring Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. This is a solid movie. Such a solid movie. So good. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into it, talk about it all before we do. Okay, here's a would you rather question. Would you rather watch only Western movies for the rest of your life? Or every movie that you watch from now on is like in, in like two two x speed. That is a very good would you rather. Okay, um, so two x speed. I'd probably do a western for the rest of your life. For the rest, you can of my only life. watch westerns. Yeah, I my. <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because like I edit sometimes I'll edit in two times speed or whatever. Uh-huh. I when I watch content, I'm usually watching it at regular speed. Um, I know my wife and I know many other people will watch content 2x mm-hmm. or 1.5x all the time. That's not me. I'll put like my kids like shows on 1.5 because it's like we're going to watch one episode then you're going to bed. Right. Oh, so like okay. I'll do that. I, I have to watch everything like in regular speed. Me too. But I don't know that I could watch like only Westerns for the rest of my life. Because like you miss that there's a there, like it, I would lose meaning on sure. different things sure. or whatever. So I don't I don't know. I just the one thing is like wh- what is class what is a Western classified as? Sure. But but it's it's only one genre. Like you're, you'd miss everything else. I, I would I would choose uh, I would choose 2X. That would that would be unfortunate, especially like watching like dramas or whatever, but like 2X. I, I just Can you watch can you imagine watching telenovelas? Well, I mean, they're kind of 2X but they're already, period. They're already. Okay, well, good good choice, Danny, I guess. Um <laughs> it's going to haunt you for the <laughs> the rest of the month. It will. Okay. Um well, let's talk about 310 to Yuma. I, I think this is our first western. This um, is our first western in in our podcast. I know you brought it up uh, to want to do it. Let's talk about let's talk about your your experience or history with this movie um, and and why you suggested this movie in the first place. You know, I think the reason why I decided to suggest this movie is because um, when I was very much not a fan of westerns, mm-hmm. um, I think part of it was I didn't fully understand or you know like when you think of some of the westerns you think of the old i mean some you do think some john i mean you think john wayne sure um but i didn't really see any john wayne movies um growing up or whatever um the burning saddle mm-hmm. you know you campy kind of cheesy sort of that sort of Blaze, thing blazing saddles oh, blazing yeah, saddles. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 
I'm sorry for all those Blazing Shadow fans. Uh, <laughs> don't, at, don't at him. I mean, if you do, I, I understand it. It was a huge genre for... Massive genre. It was a, like a good decade, I would, not decade, but like a good chunk of time where some of the big blockbuster ones were westerns, I would say. like For, for decades, like studios were just pushing out westerns left and right, and, and there, were, there were hits, but yeah. yeah. And so I think for me is that like, you know, I would hear about these and I'm like, yeah, western's weird. But there's something about 310 to Yuma that makes it more than just a western. And I think part of it is not, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's in um, Western themed and everything like that. But like, I think the story, the, like the way they decided to go, how they went about with the characters, mm-hmm. it has all the great aspects of Western, but there's such a great impact for it. And I think maybe that's the, you know, what it really comes out to is like, I just loved what came, what I felt from this, when I finished this film. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. I think for me, this movie... Okay, so, confession. This was my first time watching it. I thought I had seen this before. I hadn't. What? Yeah. I remember this movie coming out, um, and I remember wanting to see it, but I had never seen it, and I just never got around to it. And I think I confused this with... Because we were talking weeks ago about this, uh, but I think I confused this with True Grit. And then, like, yeah. when I started watching it, yeah, and I like I put on the trailer, I was like... Oh wait, no, I have not seen this. I do remember the trailer. I do remember this coming out, but I never got around to see it. And this was my first time. When did the second True Good come out? Twenty ten. Ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know it's funny because I think I mean, I wanna say I don't know, but I think three ten Dumo kind of was like a revival yeah. with wanting to shoot like Westerns is still viable. That was like it was a still a viable um genre, genre to kind of shoot mm-hmm. uh content for. Yeah. Um I don't remember exactly. I think my mom actually bought this film. Okay. Randomly. She's like, because my mom is always, she's always like, it's a great, It's they say it's a great movie or whatever. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, mom, you know, it's rated, you know, R. She's like, yeah, but they say it's a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> um, and so I watched many movies, some with my mom, some with not, but like, because my mom got them in, because they were great movies. Because they were great movies. Yeah. Honestly, what it comes down to is Russell Crowe kills it he does so good as ben wade yeah and then christian bell does what he does best when it comes to his his like his acting with 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 connecting with his character and i i think i you know people criticize uh christian bell's acting and and whatever i think he does he is great when you give him material that can bring emotion and humanity yes to a character 100 percent agree and he does that so well here he, you, you feel for him as, uh, as a father, as a husband, right? Even as a rancher, and 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 it's so solid. His his ability to portray those emotions of, of insecurities, of of failure, of, of a lack of 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 quote unquote success, and he is Absolutely. well. He, he he's great. At what is your that experience with, with this? I mean, so sorry. Him. You you watched this for the first time. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that it was a little bit rushed because I know it was a crazy week. And uh, also, side note, I'm sorry that last week's episode came out a little bit late. That won't happen in for the next couple of months or two weeks. Who knows? <laughs> sorry about that, everyone. But just make sure you're subscribed and then you'll get notified as soon as one comes out. But it won't happen again, ideally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we will be releasing Mondays regularly. Uh, 
life happens. But so. no, my, my experience with it, so so I think I didn't watch this one. I think because it was rated R and like I just never got around to it. I was, I was still like a teenager when this came out. But Westerns in general, like I've I've never liked them. And I think like here comes like my ignorance, but like I always thought they were boring and and like it's it's easy to go by yeah yeah and especially like the black and white ones i think yes. my my yes. my complaint with them have has always been like i don't know where we are especially when it's black and white because like this set looks exactly at the beginning of the movie looks exactly as the middle set where they're traveling and it looks exactly as the final scene because it because it, it, it just always looks the same for me uh i would also say that like sound design like music cues, like they were pretty dry. Um, I mean, when you think about what we think of cinema today, a lot of those things, I mean, they were beginning to be put into place and whatever, but it, I mean, they, they just were, they were teleplays, you know, like. And they were built like serials, right? Like there were serialized content back then. Um, so I, I, I just couldn't get around Westerns. I think like the most Western movie I ever got or like as a growing up was probably Back to the Future Part 3. (laughs) (laughs) Say that, but that was probably like my most like interaction with Westerns. Over the years, I've I've learned to like appreciate um, the storytelling. Mm -hmm. But like also I didn't like him just because I, how do I say this? Like pardon my French, but like they're just like pissing contests among like the characters a lot of times. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, like guys, like just I I can't get behind the antagonist and I can't get behind the protagonist. Whereas this movie blows it out of the water. Let's get into it. So we have this western. So let's let's talk this. I think one of the biggest thing about this western is that it is um, character driven. It that's what it is. It is about and if you think about I think a while back we um, discussed the fact that like. In cinema, especially now, with when we think about blockbusters, we think about Disney, we think about all these things. Oftentimes, t- a, too many films, too many productions are doing. They're trying to think, and they're like, "Okay, well, we have a film, but we have it part of a bigger thing, or we have a series." And some, and so sometimes some of the things that could have really helped the series or the movie really be the best it can be was left out because. They needed to put resources somewhere else or whatever. I mean, fo- as a follow-up for Ant-Man, we found, I found, you know, they released the fact that, like, a lot of the budget went to um, Wakanda Forever, right? And so, I mean, that whole aspect. But this film is very much the beginning, a middle, and an end. And we follow uh, a character's arc. And, it's, and I was going to say, I was like, honestly, the question, and I think ultimately at the end of this episode, I'd love to know who we think... The like the story whose story this this film is about, because I I I think that it's it can be very different different times you watch it. In contrast with that, I think you, you look at traditional westerns. Yes, and traditional westerns tend to be about like the the gunfights, right? Um, and 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 not so much the set locations, and not so oftentimes not so focused on the character rather on the overall story or even the fact that like it's the the idea of like um outlawism um i don't know if that's the right term but um the idea of like this good the the terrible trope of the cowboys versus indians and like i mean things as like as mexicans like is is ridiculous right 
uh, it's just you know you look back at something you're like Ugh, that, that cringe yeah cringe hard uh, necessarily propaganda but um, it, it was definitely portrayed how how look, look at how let's be careful look, look how great the white man is in contrast to to the Indian right or even females right like I mean like you know or even families who just wanted a better life right if you were not willing to and I think ultimately like and we look in this film as we discuss more where are you will, willing to bend right when there is no real law how much are you willing to bend and um, how much are you willing to rely on uh, your the morals or your principles or an internal code in whatever aspects that we might you know whatever aspect that might be and and from both aspects right you have you have um Evans, uh, Christian Bell's character, who clearly has a moral code, right? He's going to stick to that. He's not going to kill. He he wants justice to be brought. Sure, he's motivated by by the by the reward. That's originally his motivation, right, of why he's doing what he's doing. But as the story goes on, he has a he has a code. But then you also look at uh, Ben Wade's code, right? And his code is not so much. Lawlessness, yes. yeah. Rather, it's my my gang, my group, right? We have each other's back, and and, and you you you're either with me or I will kill you, right? Well, and and it's funny you say that because I think like not only that, but like he, um, for him, he's he is accepted that there's no real law, and that if that like if he doesn't decide, like to me, um. Ben Wade, like one of the biggest core for him is that like he is the what uh, man? What I'm trying to think. He's the he's solidified himself as like you know what? I'm not gonna. There, no one's gonna give me what I want unless I take it, and that is how what he's like he lives by. As well as Evans, right? There's a scene where Evans says, "Where has God been?" Right? Like it, this is an opera. He's talking to his wife. And he's saying, where has God been in, in helping me? I, I lost a leg. My child has tuberculosis. Our farm is like, is not growing and, and it's not green. Where has God been? That's why I'm going to go do this, right? And so you have two, two individuals who feel like maybe they haven't been, they haven't been rewarded, so to speak, by God. So they have to take matters into their own hands. Whereas one takes it by by killing and by force, by force, and you have uh, uh, Evans who's doing it with a with a moral code to to guide him. So let's do a quick nutshell. Ultimately, this story is about um, Dan Evans and his family, who at the very beginning of the film, their barn gets burned because they owe some money. And instead of paying rent, he paid for, you know, some food. Um, and, you know, like, because they want their land for the tra- the railroad. At that point, there's a big, uh, Ben Wade is introduced with his posse, which Prince the, is, yes. we, well, he's legendary. So anyways, the posse uh, robs a Pinkerton uh, run. And, which is like these people who travel, uh, you know, travel money back and forth for the railroad. They, from that point on, it's a uh, race on who did it, 
um, capturing Ben Wade, trying to deliver Ben Wade to a train in for to Yuma prison. And the, the, what it comes down to. And what I think is really interesting, because I think when, you know, when going back to like the traditional Western is that this film is very focused on the, the cinematography choice for, um, this film is very, um, interesting because it's very tight focal lengths. I mean, or, you know, what that means is when you're filming, uh, right now we're filming at a 50 millimeter, which is a pretty, you know, natural kind of focal length, meaning the background isn't like, doesn't feel super far away, um, but it's not super like close up. So that's called compression. When the, when it, when you're the person, the subject and the background feel like they're really close together, that is the compression of the, you know, subject background. The higher up you do, so like a 50 mil to 80, 75 mil, sorry, 85 mil, you're going to have a tighter compression. At 125 mil, you're going to see that compression a lot uh, uh, big. Uh, it's going to be more intense, but it's also going to have a much tighter frame of view, which a field of view, which means I'm like, I might be much further back, but you're going to be really close up on the individual. This film, like there's not many, I mean, if there is a widening, a wide shot, it's very much story driven to put it in the context of like where the character is at. But most of the film is very, uh, is very much on in characters like seeing their emotions and like you're looking at them and you're seeing their thoughts and whatever it's it, it, it that was like the biggest thing that stood out to me when I rewatched this film this time it's interesting because he, uh, he that that tightness uh, of that focal length, uh, lens um it, it translates as well to how tight the story is yes yeah, very you're it's almost claustrophobic yeah like the the, the movie and this isn't a criticism to it but the movie doesn't let you to listen like this is a loud breathing room no it is it is go right from the beginning with with the with the fire uh introducing Ben Wade um and and just moving forward like it, it's it's a very tight story and I think it's very very smart again going back to old westerns where there's a lot of meandering <laughs> yeah meandering let's call it I was just gonna say nonsense dialogue but <laughs> meandering um this this is introduced so well and 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 really tightly kept which allows for yeah maybe not breathing room but it allows for us to just keep the story going and moving and forwarding and and, and hitting those beats that we need to hit it's refreshing it like it really i mean re, you know watching uh remember the titans um watching this film um and i mean even like with a uh, law land you're, you're dropped into a wonderful musical but like this film, I think I've, I'm beginning to realize that I really love when I'm like, I'm not handheld. Yeah. I just, we're just dropped in into a, especially when it comes to films. Like when we're in films, I think in, in series, I think I'm a little different. But in this film, I just really appreciated the fact that like, we, there's a huge struggle right from the get-go. Posses. Let's talk about Ben Wade and the posse. Awesome. It, I, I think, uh, here's what I wrote in this, in my notes when I was watching it. Um, Ben Wade is almost written like a like a horror villain. He, Interesting. he he sits back at the beginning of the movie, right? And and he lets his posse do the thing, right? You you feel the presence. They keep talking about Wade and Wade and and he's just sitting in the background, okay? It isn't until about like 20 minutes into the movie where he, he kills um where we see his skill, right? And he kills the 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 Pinkerton and and one of his his posse people. Correct. Right. 
and that's when you see the threat that that is Ben Wade. But then the movie, as they break off and and you know they're taking transporting him to 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 the train station, he starts killing one. He starts just picking them off one by one, like a horror movie. And I thought that was so interesting to to really portray this character because even the first killing of of um, one of the I can't remember the the character's name. But everyone's posse. Uh, 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 no, sorry, of the group when, that are oh, that's yes. transporting him. Everyone's asleep, right? It's that guy's turn to like watch, and the way the killing is, uh, Christian Bell's character wakes up, looks over, and he's just going at him. Dude, that that character pisses me off so much. No, but I totally agree. I remember that was one of the most impactful scenes when I first watched it. it was like, what is happening? Like, because like the guy singing, they're gonna hang me in the morning. <laughs> And he's like, dude, can you please, like, you know, Ben Wade's just, like, annoyed. And I think what, what's really interesting that you bring this up, that they treat it as, like, a, like more of, like, a suspenseful, like, killer thriller, even though it doesn't feel that way. But it, when you say that, I'm like, wow, that's 100% right. Because I think there's some really great quotes. Ben Wade is talking to William, who is uh, Dan Evans' son, uh, Christian Bill's son. He's like, you know, you helped, you saved us from, you know, this scenario, blah, blah, blah. And he's a kid. I wouldn't last five minutes leading an outfit like that if I wasn't as rotten as hell. And I think like that, him being like, it's funny because he, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know why we're getting religious, but I, or I feel like, I, but if you think about like what Lucifer, when you think about the Bible and some of those things, he's a serpent, right? And he beguiles Eve, right? I feel like Ben, he's, he comes in, he's, he's suave. Very suave, charming, almost charming, a hundred percent. Very, I mean, the scene he's in there in the scene with in the uh, the Evans home. Lucy's in there, and she's smitten by him. Every, you know, every woman that he interacts with is smitten by him. Yeah, and and the thing that is so intriguing is that he understands that even this, like, despite what he might like, what he sees, and what might be good or bad. He just playing his own game, game yeah. his own role. There is another quote that talks about a little bit of like some of uh, like they say like, well, you know, they talk about the things you've done and the men and people. He's like, uh, Doc, who's the one. Uh, he's like, is it true that you do- uh, dynamited a wagon full of prospectors in the Western Territories last spring? No, that's a lie. It was a train full. It was a train full. Like, yeah, it's like a dinner conversation, chat. Like he doesn't even, it doesn't, he's like, and I think as we see, as we go through the film, we begin to see how much of a rotten human, like not that a person that could be, that would be so willing to kill yet be so welcoming. Yes. Yes. Which, which I think, okay, well, let me ask you this question. Is, is Ben Wade truly evil? And I, I I don't know. And I think that's what's so intriguing about it. He's in the West. Yeah. He was left at a train station and he was left to read the Bible yeah. by his yeah. mother, right? We know that towards the end of the film. And so we know that he's he's looked at, and he's, he quotes scripture. He quotes scripture all the time. And I think for him, he looked at what is maybe found in the Bible and some of these things, but realized that there's no way for him to survive unless he decides to take it, like ownership of it. <laughs> and so for him, it's not so much for, and I, and I think for, for me, I mean, he's an evil dude. 
Sure. Yeah. But, but I think for himself, he doesn't look at himself as he he classifies himself as rotten. But rotten me- means that like it was uncared for. Yes. Which I think is what I love about the character of Evans is that Wade, for whatever reason, I think he he he, he admires um, Dan's and Stephen's idealism. Yeah, and and not just that, but like there are times, like you mentioned, they discuss religion and retribution. Right? They talk about retribution. He he to the point when he kills that first guy for, of the group, he says like, "Isn't he told me he burned down your your barn? Like, aren't you?" glad that i did (laughs) like and and, you know and 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 dan's response is like yes i didn't like him but i wouldn't have resorted to kill him to murder right so there's this there's this dynamic between the two that they 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 both again going back to what we talked about they they feel like they've maybe been left behind by god they haven't been rewarded so to speak they're taking matters into their hands but how do they take it Right? How, how 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 did they each individually choose to to act upon the circumstances that life has given them, and and they never, at least in my opinion, I don't think they ever really quite become friends. There's there's this respect that 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 Wade has for Dan, that idealism, and and what he wants to accomplish for his family, but. It's so unique how Wade, we talk, he's charming, he's, he's menacing, but there's this soft side to him that really respects Evans. But why, why do you feel that Evans, that Wade has, has come to respect Evans? I, I think there's two points. I think the first time is, th- this is a man, not, he's not stubborn, rather a man that sticks to a code. Whether that code is a code that that Wade agrees with or or not, I don't think he does. But he respects, I think, that idea, that idea that the, that that Evans has a code and that he's willing to stick with it and do whatever he can to to provide for his family. And then I think the real point of respect is when he when he tells his son, you know, like that he he confesses. My my injury came from from someone from someone from my own side, like shooting me. Because we were we were retreating. We were retreating. I got shot by one of my own people. He, he says, "I think I, I wrote it down." He says, "You try telling that story to your boy." This this film like have the these nuggets of like because that he, he is because he's the entire film right. We see William, who's the oldest son like fight like literally just back bad uh, you know bad mouthing his uh dan no respect for his dad to the point where he says i will never walk in your shoes like yeah well and i mean like the one of the opening things is like he likes the match and you we see that he's reading outlaw books these uh dime stories i think that anyways about you know like true men perhaps right and you know like dealing and then having the barn burn right so you sense that tension towards the end of the film you start to see more respect from william for his dad and you know and i i still every time i watch this i'm like is it is he doing it truly for himself for his son or is he doing it for himself i think both i think 
I think mostly motivated for himself. Yeah, he's motivated to get the, the money, but I think that motivation is I can provide for my family. I, I, I am, quote unquote, like you said, a man, right? I can do these things. So I think he, he's trying to prove it to himself and, and to show that he still, he, he still has it, right? And hopefully that rubs off on his, on his son. I think one of the best intake or like insights. I mean, who, who's the screenplay writer for this? That makes so much more sense. Yeah. So honestly. we have screenplay by uh, Michael Brandt and Derek Haas, and they've mainly worked on like like TV shows, Chicago Fire. I think one of them wrote for Wanted, the uh, James McAvoy movie with uh, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Um, Der Derek Haas has done, yeah, mainly TV, Chicago PD. The, you know, that makes a lot more sense. FBI International. Oh, I mean, he's a criminal. I mean, uh, I mean, that that's something he's done recently, right? So, like, um, maybe he, this does feel more, I mean, because it's a film, like, it's, you know, you don't have time, like, you you have to get to the nitty gritty. I, I also think it, it's it's good to call this out that there was the the nineteen fifty seven three ten to Yuma yes. movie. Uh, both I've never, uh, I've never seen, um, but both movies. I thought I thought three ten to Yuma two thousand seven was a remake of of the fifty seven movie. No, there, it's not necessarily a remake. It's the story is based on a, on a short story, and it's an adaptation. Both both movies are an adaptation of the short story. I'd be curious to. I, I should go and read the short story and actually see like the differences and and what was truly adapted or even how the ending is different uh, or if it's the same. But I think it also goes back like that tight story. My understanding is when you're adapting a a short story into a film, you really have to, as a screenplay writer, find the beats and find the themes and the messages that you want to portray immediately, right? Because in a short story, it isn't, it isn't like a novel. You're not, you don't have time to, to dig into the themes, to dig into, into the thoughts of, of your characters. In a short story, it's boom, boom, boom. Let's say it, and you feel that translated into this film. I just have to make a quick correction. It's not Lucy, it's Alice. Alice, okay. That's I right. was, yeah, I don't know how, why I got Lucy. Um, yeah, oh man, that's really... That makes more sense. It, it feels, it is, a, it, I mean, it's a great, I mean, it's a film, but it's, a, it feels, I get, I can see why that, that this is like a short story. And I, I don't, I think I miss more movies like this. Yeah. Well, here's the question for you. I, I feel like this movie, we talk about how great it is, right? Um, I feel like it's not, it kind of went under the radar a bit. It's not discussed as much, but those of us that have seen it, praise this movie what is it about this that makes it so good you know to me i remember we watching it for the first time and um and spoiler not spoiler alert because if you haven't seen it <laughs> go watch it because we told you last week to go watch it uh, just for that for the record sure um is the ending he shoots his entire posse um now prince well let's quickly talk about prince uh is Play, that played by ben foster and this character, when we talk, when you ask me the question, is Ben Wade, like, would you say evil? No. 
Yeah, is he, is he, yeah, is that what I said? Yeah. I don't, it's hard to say, but when you look at Prince, mm-hmm. he, he is evil. He is evil. He, and I mean, and I think it's funny because like, you look, I mean, it's, you go through this movie and you're like, you really kind of like, like Wade. Yeah. He's like, he's a suave character that, you know, we talked about, but Ben Foster, like the, from the very beginning, the way his he delivers this line. And I don't know, again, I think like it'd be really interesting to see what the book, like this short story describes if Prince is in this or if they added him because he, this character, I mean, he's ruthless. He, he, he's like the Lieutenant. He's the one that really gives the orders to the men and he has huge respect for, like this, like there's no one better um, than Ben Wade on the on the face of the earth he loves him i think there is a genuine love for no, him 100 percent. i mean like western cowboy like man love yeah right like he is like no i will i will do anything for this man and he does i mean he's trying to get ben wade back from the authorities and it's such a uh, here's here's like if i were to like bring everything into like a few words of why i love this movie it's one we I love a movie that gives you a a deadline, right? Yes. This one says we have to get him on the three ten to Yuma, so that we can transfer him, right? Like, uh, I forget the name of the town. Uh, con- Contention? No. Um. Anyways, so we we have a timeline, right? So we as an audience are there. Okay, we have to get him on the three ten to Yuma. Period. That's that's what we're getting for. The other aspect that, uh, besides like the characters and, and, and Ben Wade, I love this um, daunting presence of, of Prince the entire time. The entire time. You never know if he's going to turn around the corner and the posse is going to be there. You, when when, when the, the, the Apache tribe is like shooting at them, you don't know if, it, if it's Prince, right? Um, it's just this... It's such a great way to to tell the story. Not only do we have a deadline, but we also have to hurry before the posse gets to us. This, I mean, I think this is a master class in when it comes to f- f- uh, movie storytelling in rising tension in in conflict. Like you have the deadline, we need to be the three ten Yuma. We not only that, we have one of the biggest outlaws has robbed ten thousand. I mean, that's probably like 500 million, if not like more, you know, probably. probably more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like back, like, like they were offering, he's like, I want $200 yeah. to do this, this, this transfer. And, and parents like, look, I'll give you a thousand right now <laughs> and just go home and wait. He's like, what am I going to, uh, wait, does he say a thousand or does he send 10,000? I, I think he first gives him, he says he'll double it, right? Oh, 400. I'll give you 400 and then eventually I think he does offer him a thousand. Yeah. yeah. But a thousand, right? This man who's robbed tens of thousands, you know, ten, you know, ten, like ton, like so much money that like literally, well, what is he doing with his money? Right. Cause like, I mean, it, they literally live in the West. They have like <laughs> nothing to do <laughs> to him. It, like it doesn't matter. Right. Then you have Prince who's hunt, hunting them. Then the, the other thing is like, Along the way, Ben is literally killing all sorts of people along the way. So you have this, like, as as Evan, you're like, am I going to, is he going to kill me? Or is he going to kill my son? Or, you know, like, the, the whole posse, like, the whole breakdown is, like, 
I mean, he's easily he killed the one man. When is he going to kill the rest of us? And just walk, you know, be like, all right, done with this this fun little uh, trip. I mean, he he gets to a point towards the, close to the end, right? That he's like, all right, Evans, I'm done. Like, we're not doing this game. I'm I'm, I'm going to be finishing up right, and that's when Evans starts to like open up a little bit more, like why he's doing this thing. I want to touch on that. Um, why do you think Ben Wade eventually? Was- allows evans to to take him i think i think he's trying to understand evans like understand him as a i think so i what the way i kind of especially like rewatching this one i'm like because it is i forgot that he like he, he just allows him to go i remember watching this film and thinking like what is happening with this ending it made me very much feel similar to what lala Land did okay yeah, is yeah. like like oh that's very much not what i was expecting Right, it's very much like wh- why the fact that he kills his whole posse, and you know, because they, you know, Prince, he tells him Prince not to kill him, but Prince is pissed, and he kills Evans. And I think what it comes down to is that Wade is trying to really, because I think he he's learned to respect Wade or Evans for his code. Mm-hmm. He sees a man who is trying to do the right thing, but then he's also misunderstanding or he doesn't understand because he's like he lives in such a circumstance that it's miserable Mm -hmm. he's trying to offer him like just just take this money dude like i've you know he's been to this house um i think you know he the fact that he can you know get a sense i mean you know alice is like worried about evans and he Dan says, uh, I'm tired of watching my boys go hungry. I'm tired of the way that they look at me. I'm tired of the way that you don't. You don't. Man, I was, and I think, you know, like, you know, so Evans is trying to like, again, like prove to himself, but for Wade, he still, he doesn't fully understand. And I think it's not until he, they come to the moment where, you know, uh, Evans, he's like, look, because he kind of, he doesn't say anything to like contradict that he's not a war hero. Or, you know, that, you know, because, like, they know that he's a good shot, um, you know, and that he, you know, may have got uh, the limp in the war and that, you know, whatever. He also, you know, like, at, when the circumstances, they're pinned down in a hotel and Evans is like, you know, like, the other, all the, the marshals get shot and the Pinkerton, uh, the railroad guy is like, I'm going to double it just, or like, I'll give you the 200 right now and you just walk away, just go home and like, it'll just be done. And he says, no, I got 189 for my leg and it's bug bothering me. It's just, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't so that I could walk away so that they could walk it so that you could walk away. I like that. I, I, I think for me, um, the reason he allows him to finally take him and, and we see it, it's after after uh, Evans has said goodbye to his son, mm-hmm. right, and and he gives him the the uh, what was it like a medal, a coin? I don't know if it was a medal or that's that a is family a, heirloom, a brooch. <laughs> Listeners, let us know what it yeah, is. Maybe <laughs> maybe that went completely over our heads, but I mean, all I know is that it's valuable. It's valuable, right? Because he offers it at one point. Um, but he he has that moment with with William, his son. And he says, you know, take care of your mom. Like, I need you to go take care. Um, Mr. Pacific, uh, I can't remember the character's name. But, like, you're going to 
bring the money and you're also going to bring in like another thousand to, to my wife and, and guarantee water. Um, but it isn't until that moment that the, that the sun leaves that I think Ben agrees to board the train because it's going to allow Dan uh, uh, Evans to establish a legacy that makes him and his son proud of each other. Yeah. Right? And I think, and, I, and, and to me, it's solidified later when Williams finds the Bible and, and Wade drew a, a, like a, a sketch of, of his dad. Yeah. Right? And I think that's when, when Wade says, yeah, there's something about this guy, like you were mentioning, right? Like there's something about him trying to figure out, but it's that moment where he's like, there's a legacy left for him. There, there's an opportunity for a legacy to be left behind here and an opportunity for a man, Evans, to be proud of what he's done and, and, and the son to be proud of what the father has done. And he eventually goes on to say like, I've been to Yuma. I've escaped every single time. Every time, right? So for him, it's 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 allowing that opportunity for a father to leave behind a legacy. We don't. I mean, again, I'm like, it, I'm so curious to to know about Ben Wade's character. Like, you know what? Uh, he 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 mentions his mother, but we know nothing about his father, right? We don't know anything about his father. I mean, he is a father figure to his posse this posse looked up him as like, you know, like, okay, well, he's taking care of us, you know, uh, he's killed for us. Um, but he, we also know that he, he feels like he's cursed because, you know, he, you know, the, the, the Pinkerton takes his gun or yeah, they take the gun and they're like, he's like, Hey, be careful for that. That, that gun's cursed. Right. I mean, and then he, he uses that same gun after he gets it from Prince to shoot his whole posse. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the line where they're they're in that hotel room and and they're having this conversation uh, about just let it go, drop it, let, let me go, right? I'll give you the money. And he says, Wade says something along the lines of like the difference between you and me is that I I like to do things the easy way. Yeah. And I think that's the turning point where he realizes, yeah, he's a father figure, like you said, to his posse. But here is Dan Evans being a, a, a father and no ma- and he could take the easy way by just taking the money, right? But he chooses not to. And I think that's that's the 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 characteristic that Wade doesn't hasn't had in his life. That when things get hard, you just stick through it, you you persevere, you you fight through and and Hopefully you are rewarded, or or there's a uh, there's compensation or, or a good feeling at the end, and he hasn't had that, and that's I think that's the the the, the two characteristics about the two characters that differ mm-hmm. from one another is that one, whether it's hard, will do the right thing if it's the hard way to go about it, whereas the other one will take the easy way out. Which is, time. I mean, which is insane to think about when like, because he's like, well, I'll just kill him. Yeah. Let's, let's, just, let's just, you know, we'll do what a thing. Thanks for sharing that, man. Like, I think it is, I look back as you were, as you were speaking and honestly, at the end of the day, because like, he does kind of like get fed up, you know, Ben, he's like, you know, he's like, look, Evans, I'm done. Just like, you either shoot me now or I'm going to shoot you. 
Um, but like, you know, the whole, and, and then them literally in the, the train station box getting pinned down by these, the posse, by the, you know, the whole town. Cause they, they like bribe the entire town yeah. to like, if you shoot the captors, we'll give you some money. Yeah. Again, $200. $200. Right, man. Uh, and you know, and him just saying, like, uh, confessing, that, not confessing, just like finally just telling somebody. Because he didn't tell me, but he's like, he's like, what am I going to do? Other, and the fact that he didn't find the, really fight in the war, he, the one time he fled, some punk got too scared and wasn't trained enough and whatever, and ends up shooting him and he has a limp for the rest of his life. Right. And then his son has to deal with that whole finagling thing. And that the only reason why he's dealing the de- dealing the whole situation is that he's got the son with tuberculosis, because it always is tuberculosis. <laughs> Darn tuberculosis, man! Because tuberculosis was like legit. I mean, I don't think it was an epi- I don't think it was a pandemic. Wasn't it? I don't think it was. A pa- I mean, it could have been a, a. What is it? What's the when it's like not quite worldwide? Endem- an endemic. An endemic. I think I don't know. Someone, you know, fact check that. We just we just went through a pandemic and we. <laughs> Like tons and tons and tons of people left the West because they had to deal yeah. with tuberculosis. And even then, life sucked. Here's one. We're coming up on time. Um, two questions. Your favorite scene. It has to be that um, in scene, that hotel scene, uh, like you were talking about. Um, I mean, the stakes are getting higher and higher. Um Ben Benway is just chilling, sketching in a freaking Bible, and um, seeing that Evans is like he he's finding a new way to help su- support his family, knowing full well he's gonna die. And for I don't know, there's there, some to that 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 scene is just a really strong scene. And not only that, but like the dynamic, even though Ben, you know Russell Crowe, in that scene he's like the he's trying he's like just chilling. But you are, you look at, when you cuss Christian Bale, he, every time, he is trying to like, he is battling the wolf. He's processing this in his the, head. He, I mean, like, right, it's the, which wolf is the, the, the one that's going to win is the one that you feed. Yeah. Right? And he is trying to decide which one is going to take the, the, the win on this one. Uh, to that, I, I love that when, when Wade like posts like, dude, I'm going to, I'll give you double. Okay, and 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 he says, okay, are you gonna give me like a bank note? <laughs> but like, no, I'll give you straight up cash. Yeah, and, just and like, like yeah. whatever. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna walk around with the cash. Or or when people start asking, like, no, because that's when he says, I'm gonna like, he's like, oh, you're gonna give me a. He's like, yeah, you know what? Let's. He's like, what? no, why don't you? If you have that much money, why don't you just give me a thousand? Yeah. And then he's like, okay. And then, you know, he's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell people? What am I going to tell people that I, that somehow you slipped away and yet I came across a thousand dollars? Like, and so I love that what you, what you mentioned, like he, he's, he's struggling. Like, I like to think that maybe, yeah, he might've considered it. Oh, every single moment. And, and, and to the point where he is thinking out loud and letting us know, okay, if I do this, what am I going to tell people? Like you somehow slipped. A banknote, like the cash in my hand, like he's thinking this through, and and so I, I I love that. I love that you pointed that out. I mean, I think the whole last thing I have to say on that the whole scenario is that, like, I mean, 
he's still asking himself what because it's like don't who cares what other people say like just don't say anything just go somewhere where you you can just live and not have no no one has to know the easy way out the easy way out right what's your favorite scene similar it's i think it's the hotel scene but i think for me it's it's when he's having this conversation and we just see him sketching we don't know what he's sketching but i love the payoff later like i mentioned earlier that it's a sketch of of dan and to me that just that one it's it gave me the payoff that i wanted because as he's sketching i'm like i i hope he's sketching dan and you know um in my mind i was hoping that he was sketching him and then it paid it off later where he does where it was dan the sun sees it but it also just solidified the admiration the respect the the yeah the respect that wade has for dan they don't see eye to eye they in a lot of things right and 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 it's just this man is taking time he we've seen him sketch naked women or whatever but he takes time to sketch someone that he deep down admires and he doesn't know yet he hasn't had that turning point of 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 okay i'm gonna turn myself in he's sketching this before he has decided to to allow uh dan to walk him to to to, to the train and that to me just tells me everything i need to know about wade mm. he's troubled he has conflict but he 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 respects this this man for whatever reason he does and i just i, I love that payoff where he finally where the sun finally turns the bible open and there's there's Dan sketched out. Yeah. I think the runner up for me, just for, is probably the opening uh the bank with the freaking uh Gatling gun. Uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh the like the bank robbery of the, the Pinkerton uh transport. Uh I think that probably hooked me yeah. when I first watched it. I was like, what is this? The fact that they have this Gatling gun and they're over there like the one world random sad note that what is with westerns and people like did they just terrible aim right just the worst aim in the world also like if you're not shooting them in the head literally you, you suck it sucks yeah you don't you're not dying yeah like these bullets aren't as like i mean they're not super sharp. you're bleeding out you're bleeding out man. And it's for, like you know the pinkerton who's this tough as nails like dude who probably you know peter he, fonda uh, that was I, well, yes, I, had, peter. I, I had no idea he was in this movie and obviously i'm like wait yeah that's mr Fonda, he, right no there. he and what's really interesting is like you know like ben classifies him as worse than him yeah yeah but the difference is that he's getting paid for for to do the work of the the railroad of the railroad right and you know you you mentioned the comment um that wade was troubled so and i i, I fully agree with that so my question i guess we're gonna start about who do you think is the main the true character of this film I think it's Dan, Dan and his son. Uh, you too. I think we see we see a very palpable transformation with them, within them, and and it's 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 Dan getting that um, not recognition, that affirmation that he is a good father, that he is a good husband, that he will do everything he can to provide for his family, and at the end having his son. Um, be proud of him, right? Yeah. And then William, the son, who who is this bratty little punk, right? And and he's and he, like you said, he was reading these these uh, stories about criminals and whatnot, outlaws, 
going down a path and, and uh, half, half the time I'm like, dude, your dad is so awesome, man. Like, respect him. And then for him to finally like um, come to that realization that his dad really is awesome. His, his dad really is going to provide for them. And maybe deep down earlier in the movie, he said, I'll never walk in your shoes. And for him to say, no, like, I think deep down inside to say, yeah, it'd be an honor to be like my dad, right? I think I think that's who this story is about. I think that for me, I mean, I think you're 100% correct. And I also think that at the end of the day, this film is about what true masculinity can be and maybe is. Yeah. It's not always the easy way out. It's not always being the machoist person in the room. It's about trying to instill respect in yourself and in your family. That also creates this unique bromance between Wade and, and Evans, right? Like it's it's such a it's such a cool bromance between them. He doesn't Wade doesn't kill Evans, but Evans also doesn't let Wade die. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched this film, please go watch it. Go see it. it. Go see it. It's an incredible movie. I like I am I'm watching this again sometime this week. Good. It is so good. Just a huge shout out to James Mangold, okay? Oh. He he he's known for for um Walk the Line, okay? Yeah. A solid movie. He did The Wolverine and then Logan, which Logan to me I just rewatched Logan with Sadie. It's I know people don't like it. I love it. I think it's like the best X-Men movie. I think it's one of the best Superman heroes, period. Period. Yeah, it is so good. He, of course, is directing the new Indiana Jones. Okay. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, which I think is such a great choice. James Mangold is not talked about enough in Hollywood. I'm saying, I'm just going to say that. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm excited. I mean, every single one of the movies that I've, you know, that he has done and I'm, I've, I've watched, which is all of them thus far. Or at least the one you know, like the ones you mentioned, I've always loved, I've loved. They're always they're all solid films. They're solid films, and and I and we're gonna bring James Mangold more into this podcast because I think he, yeah, I think he's great. If you want to talk to us, James Mangold, yeah, <laughs> we'd love to have you on the pod. He did Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, amazing film, dude! I again with uh Chris uh with Christian Bell. Christian Bell, yeah. He he knows how to give us. Uh, how to give us emotion from care, from from his actors, and, and he's very well at letting us sync with our feelings, not handhold us, yeah. okay, but allow the viewer to just really dig into the emotions. Well, and I mean, like Ford vs Ferrari, one the best. I mean, I bust one Oscar. It won the best editing for Os the Oscar or the, yeah uh, that year. And I remember just watching that and just being like, just blown away. So I'm excited to sometime talk about that, but phenomenal. Um, we hope you enjoyed this, uh, today's episode. We kind of just jumped right in today. And so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, if you haven't seen this, please go watch it. Um, and if you do make sure to subscribe to our channel, uh, or else I'm going to come after you like Ben Wayne, actually like Prince, <laughs> like Prince, uh, subscribe on whatever you, platform you get your podcast or subscribe to YouTube. You will begin to see our, um, as you might've noticed from last week, our, uh, video episodes on Spotify, but you can choose whether to watch it via video or audio. Also, again, if you're listening on Spotify at the bottom of each episode, um, we'll have the show notes, but you can also engage with us through different polls and questions that we're, we're asking. 
And again, if you're in Spotify, you can actually send us a voice note. So if you have thoughts about 310 to Yuma, this one, the old one, uh, or any of the movies that we've chatted about, send us a voice note. We'll listen to it. Um, and, and we'll have those conversations here as well. Um, so do that. You could reach us at your at realchums.com or connect to us on Twitter and YouTube at realchums or follow me, Danny Rubio, at Rubio underscore TV on Twitter and Marcel at Marstrosity. Join us next week, okay? We're going to watch Knives Out next week, discuss it, and the week after that, we're going to do Glass Onion. So we're going to do a back-to-back uh, Ryan Johnson, the, these uh, awesome stories or murder mysteries. Which I think is a great lead-in from, from this to that. So uh, go watch it, and we'll, we'll see you in the discussion next week. We'll see you guys.